Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Happy New Year's Eve, Eve. As this is the last trading day of 2022, and we left with not a lot of excitement. Negative numbers seen in the corn market. It was higher for those beans. As for the happenings on the wheat complex, they actually pushed in some positive numbers. And unfortunately, you flipped the page, and it was not pretty for the livestock. A lot of negativity to wrap up the trade. Well, we're going to kind of take a look at what's been happening in this market today. And we're going to do a flashback, too. Just so you know, the second half, we're going to go back to February of this year to talk about some interesting things that happened in this cattle market that kind of set the tone for what we're seeing today. Darren Fessler joins us today. He is with Lakefront Futures. And let's kind of start out. I want to um, maybe get your high. What was your what was your high of the grains in 2022? Well, I think it really started off um, in February with with Ukrainian Russian um, escalation. And, and that's what really set the tone uh, and, and gave this market another leg higher. And we were coming in from Ds of 21 all the way through the January report. We had a little bit of pullback and then another leg higher late February to really that push higher to give guys an opportunity to, to really, at the end of the day, make some really solid sales um, and, and forward sales, HTAs and hedges. And really, if one had taken advantage of that, had really set themselves up pretty good. And obviously, there are a lot of producers in Nebraska ran into some weather issues, whether that had been hail, whether that had been in, in southwest Nebraska and in Dundee County, you had tremendous drought. Um, so you know, there was opportunities this year. And, and the big key thing as we turn the calendar to next year is do we get the similar type of scenario uh, or opportunities uh, and, and do we win and can we reward these markets when when really the timing is right because if we if we look back to where those highs were yes they may have been in april and and may of, uh, of this year but man it, it provided some multi-month i mean you look at where d's 23 was at you know we were selling some stuff at 675 and then you, you look at it even uh if we do have some acres for uh issues this year where we maybe get 94 95 million how how competitive can we be out the D's 24? So, and that's those are the opportunities that I'm looking at um, at the moment here. So, as you've had conversations this week, because this has been an interesting uh, wrap up week, uh, another uh, shortened holiday week, but a lot of attention when it comes to these markets. We had a rally that happened. Uh, talks, folks want to talk about maybe doing some hedging this week. Kind of what did you see as we finish up on a Friday? Yeah, I, I think. This week was really, uh, the phones were ringing off the hook. I, I think there's a lot of producers who are who are looking maybe at this corn market and, and the recent rally that we've been on. And, and then you look at the backdrop of, of what has continued to be slow exports. Now, again, I, I'm not going to write the, write the year off and say that we can't make up some ground on these exports. There's the threat, though, is, you know, if these exports do remain slow, how much catch-up uh, is the U.S. going to be? You know, how much how much is that catch-up going to be? And then 
but the other the bullish factor here is one we we don't know what the acres are going to be we don't know what weather is going to be we still have a, a, a basis that is starting to firm a little bit we have a carry in the market that um, continues to be uh, really not existing so you're really losing money to holding you know corn all the way out to the summer months so that's another bullish factor um, so again this is this is an environment where it is conducive probably to make some sales and to reward this market um, and the same thing on, on November 23 beans I mean are we staring down the pipe of 150 million metric ton crop when it comes to Brazil and how does the Argentina uh, dry factor into all this to me it, it's a it's a huge issue uh when you get past february into the march time frame because the chinese crush margins really start to fall off the cliff and favor brazil origin a lot more so again that is where the 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 bearishness i think comes from in the new crop bean structure and you're you're above 14 dollar beans so when's the last time we could sell you know 14 plus dollar beans in this environment this fall out yes we know we have Chinese uh, the, the crush margins are poor past March and February but how much more of the crush capacity gets online than the US I think is not a 23 issue I think it's a 24 issue um, again that that could all come out to play where we're are we talking 200 million bushel carryout are we talking 400 million bushel carryout because if that's the difference I don't think we're anywhere close to $14 beans the aggression that continues between China and Taiwan, does that cause some concerns for you as we get ready for 23? I, I absolutely, I certainly, I, I think it does. Uh, if, if China uh, were to invade Taiwan, uh, 80% of our semiconductors come from that uh, Taiwan. I, I think the aggression that China, uh, that China is, is doing toward Taiwan at the moment, it, it even though we are rallying because of the Argentina dryness and meals, if China were to attack Taiwan, I think it's a, a situation similar to what Russia and Ukraine experienced earlier this year, but the opposite. I think you could see beans down the limit, maybe multiple days. So I think that that's something as a producer uh, you need to kind of keep in the back of your mind here. We're getting to some good levels here on old crop, obviously reward that. We're getting some good levels on new crop, reward and keep in mind some of these other risks. Um, than just the Argentina dryness. And that's going to continue to put a little bit of pressure as well on our, our bean possibilities here. Oh, absolutely it does, because I think where, where it gets a lot more bearish is, is, is simply that Brazilian crop. And if, you know, we're in that time frame a year where we should be making more sales, we should be making good exports. If that doesn't start, if that thing starts to slow, then that's, I think, a big problem moving forward for the U.S. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue here with the final Fontenelle final bell of 2022. We'll switch gears and take a look at the happenings of this livestock. A lot of interesting stories to tell there as well. It is the Fontenelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures. So just like I asked you on the grain side, without mentioning February of 2022, what was some of your biggest highs for both cattle or hogs? Well, I think that the, the, the overall, the dryness, we were talking back 10 months ago about the what ifs, you know, and, and the scenarios that would play themselves out. Again, we were talking in February, March timeframe about what happens if 
if we run into a drought, what happens to the, the, this cattle? And obviously it played out, you know, kind of, I, I gave the worst case scenario back in February and March. And it, the worst case scenario, I, I would say, kind of played themselves out, sadly. And, you know, where you have seen a lot of guys, rightfully so, I, don't, I do not blame, I, I, I would have done the same thing in my shoes, but pushing cattle forward. There was simply a lack of supply in, in, in certain areas, whether that be hay, pasture, corn, and cattle were moving through the system much lighter weights than they would normally have been. And that has really set the stage for a very interesting cattle market here. You look at the box beef numbers really skyrocket. We hadn't seen that since 20. And you look at the cash market, really starting to take off as well. And the futures are all starting to pan out as well. So you look at the head of the cattle market going forward here. And I think the next few weeks and maybe the next month or so is going to be very, very strong cash prices uh, to start 23. And I think that may set the tone for, I don't want to call it a 2014-15 scenario, uh, but it is close to a perfect storm. The only thing that would stop it from being that would be uh, if something were to happen to the U.S. economy where where we fall much into a, a larger recession or fall into uh, or a classified recession, I should say. But, you know, the, the thing is the cattle structurally, the fundamentally look good. I think the cattle, especially feeders, I think you could see a two on the board. I know some of the deferreds are already there. But if you look at the, the March, April, May, I think you could see a two in front of some of that stuff. And I think you could see a lot stronger uh, fat market as well. Uh, Again, I think some of it comes down to how the U.S. economy is doing and really what the corn prices do. If we have a, a weather situation that turns more friendly for the, you know, where we get much more better moisture, let's say we get the acres on corn and corn moves lower, you know, I think it's going to set up an opportunity. The guys want to be long cattle. And, and so right now, I think, again, the, the structure and the fundamentals remain strong. All right, now I want to talk about February of 2022. We have seen that retweet and comments about the conversation you and I had back in February in regards to where we might see this cattle market. And and again, it looks like what we talked about almost a year ago kind of held true. It, it, it really did. And, and so I think that's a big key, a key theme going into 23. It's, it, you know, cattle are just much different than, than the grains. I mean, it takes a while for these things to turn around. And, and so again, it's, it, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what the cash market does in the first few weeks of 23 to set that tone. And obviously going into the January WASI, what the USDA believes uh, and, you know, how we shaped up in the 22, uh, 22 years. Year. So, again, it, it all comes down to, I think, one, what sets the tone in the January 12th WASDE report and how do those cash markets uh, pan out early on for the cattle. What are your thoughts on the hogs? You know, I think hogs have had a really good run here. Funds love being long hogs or being short hogs, for that matter. Regardless, funds like being in this trade. So, again, you look at how the hogs have performed here. You have Chinese sow numbers a little bit higher in China. But you look at the Chinese hog prices. Boy, they have been under tremendous pressure pretty much this whole year. Does that set the tone for domestic prices here? Again, this market, you look at the last few days here in the in the hogs, we've had a good run up here. So, you see a little bit of setback here not shocking but again if the funds grab a hold of this thing there could be much lower levels to come here simply because of what's going on in china now i know china's starting to 
trying to reopen their economy. Is that more friendly cattle domestically in China? It very well could be. Watch for that impact on U.S. domestic prices as well. So as we look at the at the final uh, big picture and we get ready for the new year to start, we have a shortened trade week again next week with markets closed on Monday. What's the one thing maybe we should be thinking about when it comes to grain or livestock as we head into next week's trade? I, I think the, the, the easiest thing to think of right now going into 23 is obviously the biggest factor of all of Mother Nature. Uh, I mean, we, we, we're coming in to 23, not a whole lot of subsoil moisture. We have drought maps that are equivalent to 2012 or worse. I think that's going to be a huge factor coming into a 23. Obviously, the inflation is still high but trending lower. I think that in itself could be the tipping point for the commodity sector. Commodities had a very good 22 to funds rebalance into something else in 23. All right. Well, wishing you and your family a very happy new year. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. Uh, 312-858-3668. They can always find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha. All right. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, the last one of 2022. And as we remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.